On today's show, Noah and I react to Game 1 of the NBA Finals. We also look to the MLB playoffs and whether or not we like the 16-team format. And, of course, we preview every game from Week 4 in the NFL. We give you our fantasy features, flops, and, of course, the locks of the week. So all that right now. Let's go. This man was a bona fide scrub. Welcome back to the Bonafide Scrubs podcast. Hosted by Noel Dean alongside Will Swanky. And Will, before we dive into NFL Week 4, there's been a lot of stuff happening around the sports world. And the NBA Finals played Wednesday night, Game 1, the Heat and Lakers. We previewed that on our show on Tuesday. And this this game was pretty bad to watch as a basketball fan. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of things going on. We have a lot to get to in this show. But yeah, leading off with the NBA Finals, it was a brutal game. I The Yankees were also playing uh, during this time, and I watched mainly the Yankee game just because uh, this is pretty much a rout by the Lakers. They just outplayed the Heat pretty much uh, on every level of the court. And, you know, the Heat, you know, they lost Bam Adebayo, uh, Goran Dragic in this game. So those are two really important players that they lost, you know, pretty much in the first half. So after that, it basically was over for the game, and the Lakers just just rolled over them. They they got performance out of their role players. You know, Caldwell Pope, 13, Green with 11, Caruso had 10. Like, they, you're just not going to beat the Lakers if those players are giving you those kind of stats. Yeah, Hero and Duncan Robinson were awful in this game, and they are pretty important pieces to this Miami team. They need to play better. They need to outplay the Caruso's and the Kuzma's of the world. But Bam and Drogic, they're doubtful for game two, which is actually tonight, Friday night, when we're recording this. It's going to be ugly if they both are don't play. It might be another, It might be a Lakers sweep. They might honestly just sweep them. And AD played better than LeBron game one. AD could realistically win finals MVP over LeBron. Do you think that degrades LeBron's legacy? Uh, I mean, it probably does a little bit, but also, you know, I think LeBron's going to do everything he can to get that finals MVP. I think even if they give it to Davis, he's going to be like, no, LeBron deserves it, whatever, like, crap they decide to come up with at the end. So <laughs> I think I think LeBron is going to win finals MVP if they win the championship, which they probably will because, as you said, you know, if Bam and Dragic are, are not playing, it's basically, you know, why even show up if you're the Heat? They have They don't have enough to to combat players like Davis without without their center bam. So that's going to be a huge problem for them. Yeah, this Heat team was getting 0-4 Piston vibes. Sort of not no superstars on the team and chat, be, being able to maybe challenge the Lakers in the finals, how the Lakers lost that year to the Pistons. But if you're top two, your top three players are hurt like Miami has now. It's, it's going to be, it's over. LeBron is not going to lose to this team. Yeah, in terms of, you know, their best player, Jimmy, he played fine in this game. He had 23 points. He basically did everything that we asked him to do, you know, when we previewed the show or previewed the series. Um, but, yeah, when you're just without Bam and you're without Dragic and you just don't have enough, Duncan Robinson, 27 minutes, zero points. Like, that's such a fluke game for him from what we've become accustomed to, like, over the Eastern Conference Finals and everything. So the combination of them losing some of their better players and just not getting the performances out of their role players that they need. Uh, you know, that's just the reason why they lost and the reason why, why they're probably just not going to win the series. 
Yeah, just simple as that. Miami shit the bet in game one. That can't happen if they expect to make this a series. But moving on, also some NBA news. Doc Rivers, he left the Clippers, and a week later, he's now the Sixers coach. What do you think of that? Well, I think it's a decent move for the Sixers. It certainly should be an improvement over Brett Brown, who I know most Sixers fans hated, and people just didn't seem to think he was a very good coach at all. I mean, I don't know. He took a team from having 10 wins, and now they're in the in the playoffs. So he did something right, but I think Doc is certainly an improvement. It's going to be interesting to see where the Sixers' front office goes from here because when you hire a coach like Doc Rivers, I would assume that he's not going to be here to like rebuild the team and start over. So are they going to run it back with the roster that they have? Are they going to trade either Simmons or Embiid? Uh, I don't think they trade both of them. I don't think they rebuild the team, but it's going to be interesting to see what changes they make to their roster to actually improve because just replacing Brett with Doc is not really going to change very much, I think, in terms of going from a disappointing sixth seed to competing for the championship. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this changes anything. I think the Sixers are still going to have the same issues they had this year. Like Ben Simmons, I mean... He's great, but he still can't shoot. Like he's still he's the same player as he was as a rookie. Tobias Harris was significantly overpaid. We like dunking on him. He's gonna be bad again. Like what 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 is Doc Rivers? What's the coach doing? They need to change their roster. They gotta trade him Peter Simmons if they wanna actually gotta trade one of them and try to make the players fit around the other person better. Tobias Harris overpaid Josh Richardson, he's okay, but this team still doesn't have a bench. I mean, the coach, obviously, you could look point fingers at Brett Brown. He didn't do a great job. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten swept by Boston, but just bad roster construction has the Sixers in this hole with Horford and, and the Harris contracts. I mean, I don't see how they magically go to the East Finals or win a championship, especially with the Nets getting Katie and Kyrie back. And we're assuming Miami's going to be back next year and all these other teams are going to be back. Yeah, they're going to have to make a trade now. There were some early rumors that they were going to try and trade for Harden if they if they hired um, Mike D'Antoni, which would have been hilarious. I don't think they would have been able to trade for Harden. I don't think they have enough, and I don't think D'Antoni would want to acquire him on his team because he just, I mean, we don't know if he really got fired or not, but apparently he walked away from the situation in Houston. So I don't think that would have realistically happened. I don't think it will happen now, but... It's just it's interesting. We didn't even get to talk about Doc getting fired from the Clippers when when that whole story broke. That was sort of in between shows, but I'm kind of surprised that he got fired. I expected him. They stepped down. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, stepped down, whatever. The, the, the language really is not that important. Basically, whenever they say that, it, it just means they got fired pretty much. I mean, I don't know why another team hired him. Every he just blew a 3-1 lead, he's, he keeps blowing 3-1 leads. What, what are the Sixers going to do with that? They're just going to have to reconstruct their roster, as you said. I don't think they can get out of it without trading either Embiid or Simmons, though. So, Because nobody's going to want the Tobias Harris contract or the Horford money, so you're just screwed with that. That's what happens when you make bad contract decisions. You end up getting screwed. I mean, we, we've seen it with the Knicks for, for a long time. Joakim Noah, they're still paying him. They, they have to waive him and give him away for free. So just not a good look when, when you sign people for $150 million and they're not good. It's funny how you mentioned D'Antoni because he stepped down on the Rockets. Like uh, it, When two teams come to mind, the Rockets and the Sixers are two teams that really can't maneuver their roster if you think about it. like Nobody's going to want Westbrook. 
the Rockets are just going to be the same team they were this year as next. They're going to be the same team next year as they were this year. Same with the Sixers. I mean, I'll say drastically traded Simmons or Embiid for a bunch of players. I don't see a difference in either of these teams. I don't think the coach is going to do anything. I think they're yeah, I agree. Spots. I don't see how the Rockets. Talking about the Rockets, I don't think they can get better at all. D'Antoni really seemed to be the key to their system. He knew how to allow these players to to really win, and I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to abandon the PJ Tucker strategy, I think, and actually get a real freaking center and not trade away Capella, who's actually decent for them, just to get demolished by Davis. Like you, you can't be running a 6-5 center who isn't even a good player. It's just That doesn't work. So they're going to have to reconsider that strategy. Harden and Westbrook, that duo is obviously not good. I, it could be funny that the, the Rockets and Sixers end up making a deal. They could end up trading. What, what if they go Westbrook for Embiid or something like that? That would be uh, pretty funny if we saw that Westbrook happen. and Ben Simmons, that would be the worst basketball team on the planet. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're going to be... Trying some some strange things. They the Rockets need a center. Maybe the Sixers just don't want him beat anymore. I have a trade to ask you. I saw somewhere. I mean, I don't know if this is actually true, but I saw somewhere Doc Rivers should offer the Timberwolves Ben Simmons for the first pick and take Lamelo. I mean, that's an interesting move. I mean, that's changing their roster, but are, they're winning now mode. Do they want to develop Lamelo? I mean, I don't know, but maybe he could fit and beat in that team better. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I don't think there's any way that LaMelo Ball becomes a better NBA player than Ben Simmons. Really? Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons is, is ben a pretty Simmons good... Ben Simmons' bar Ben Simmons is a pretty that good high, two-way though. player. He yeah, is, but... He, he's a good playmaker. I mean, I know he can't hit a jump shot, but, I mean, come on. He, he's 6'10". He's, he's like Magic Is he Johnson. really that game-changing? I feel like the bar's I, I not that high with be. him. I mean, I don't he, know. he just I don't, doesn't I, care. Maybe he doesn't care about basketball. That's why he doesn't have a jump shot. I mean, if we're going to talk not caring about basketball, I think LaMelo Ball is on that list also for players. I don't that know. I don't think really put enough work into their game. I don't know. He, he, he'll, he'll be fine probably, but enough for the Timberwolves and the Sixers. Those teams, I mean, Sixers rock dead spots. Timberwolves, they're, they're in full rebuild. But the Jets, let's talk some football now. Well, the Jets played on Thursday night. We, we never talk about the Thursday night game on this show, so I think we should pay tribute to that. Yeah, we never get to. We always record the show uh, too early, and we sort of just joke around and pretend like we've seen the game. But yeah, now we actually finally got to watch it. Unfortunately, I ended up watching this this game, and even though it was a very high-scoring game, uh, it was pretty miserable because there was over 200 yards of penalties in this game, and uh, it was just horrible to watch. Every Every play resulted in a flag, so clearly two teams that we're not really prepared. I expected the Jets to win this game in the second half. I thought Same. after that pick six, I thought they had the game. They're actually going to win, but they just they couldn't close it out. It's just something that the Jets would do. Yeah, Ripien or however you say his name, he kind of played pretty well for being a third stringer. I mean, through three picks, one was a pick six, but he was throwing deep bombs to Tim Patrick all night and was working. And Melvin Gordon... Tough scene for you against him in fantasy. He had two touchdowns. He was running all over the Jets. I mean, Darnold looked pretty decent, but he really, it just, he played pretty well last night. I wouldn't say he played like an F game. If I had to give him a grade, it would be like a B minus, maybe. He wasn't no, that he had bad. That, he had the great rushing touchdown in the first quarter. That was the best play of the game by any team. And uh, yeah, I mean, he played fine. I don't think Gase gets fired now as a result of, of this game. I just, 
if they're going to lose, uh, they're going to kind of lose that way with scoring a lot of points and just sort of being bad on defense. You're not really going to look to Gase and say he was horrendous. So I don't yeah. know. I think they probably just stick the year out with him going forward and just they're already 0 4. So, you know, you're not going to really do anything with that afterwards. No, they're probably going to keep him for the whole season. But I mean, this was definitely a better performance the last three weeks for the Jets. I mean, the offense, you could take some positives out of this game. Although the defense should be looked at. I mean, Greg Williams, this team had like, what, like nine penalties for like 180 yards? Like, this team wasn't disciplined. They kept getting roughing the passer holdings. I mean, this is Greg Williams' suit, strong suit. This is supposed to be the, the Jets are supposed to have a pretty decent defense, and it, it flopped yesterday. They had game-changing defensive penalties. There was that face mask on the sack by Quinn and Williams. I think it was on third down. And instead of getting the Broncos to punt, they get you know a, a ton of yards on a first down. So there was really defensive mistakes all over the place that, that cost the Jets in this game. Yeah, they really they actually had a chance to win. They, after that pick six, I thought they were going to win, but yeah, me too. No, they didn't. They didn't pull it out. Um, Darnold played pretty well. So there's that. They play the Cardinals next week, so that should be interesting. Uh, Cardinals have a bad defense. I mean, it's gonna be tough for the Jets to stop Kyler Murray, but you gotta hope Sam can put up points and have a B performance or better next week. Yeah, and he played okay this week. So if he can build on that, uh, it'll be okay for him. All right, let's pivot to some baseball. MLB playoffs, it's starting to heat up. Your Yankees, I don't even know why people thought the Indians would beat this team. They are not better than the New York Yankees. As, as much as I hate the Yankees, they weren't going <laughs> to lose the Indians, especially after game one where they scored 12 runs on Shane Bieber. Yeah, I had no idea why people thought they were going to win either. Now, looking at game one, that was certainly not the game that anybody expected. I don't think people thought that Bieber was going to give up seven earned and uh, you know they were just going to blow them out. But going forward in the series, even if they had lost game one, I think they probably would have been able to get to the Indians pitching in games two and three. And game two was a, a, an excellent game. I know you were watching it, even despite your Yankees hatred. And it, it was well, a f- almost five-hour game. It, it was, was five than the hours NBA of Finals. En- it was five hours of enjoyable baseball. Yeah, I was watching it over the NBA Finals. It was back and forth. The late innings were dramatic. We had Chapman came out there in whatever the eighth, and uh, he gave a base hit right away and tied the game. And then Hand comes up uh, to try and close it out, and LeMahieu ends up becoming incredibly clutch. And really the player of the game for the Yankees was Gio, who obviously had the grand slam uh, to take the lead 5-4. to And then he had the best defensive play of the night, which was uh, basically a game-saving double play. He dove on it and was able to flip it to second, sitting down, and then uh, LeMahieu turned two. So excellent play from Gio. This lineup, if they're going to hit the ball like they are and they're going to get performances like that from from sort of their, their third-tier players, uh, it's going to be impossible to be the Yankees, I think. And they're going into a series against the Rays where this, this series has a lot of drama. These teams do not like each other, division rivals, of course, and um, it's going to be really interesting, I think. This would have been an excellent championship series game, but we're getting it a little bit early. And uh, it's going to be, I don't know who's going to win. I, I think I, I like the Yankees. I'm a biased Yankees fan, but I really do think they have a better lineup one through nine and their pitching is not really that much worse. If you look into it, I think Glass now and Morton are not actually that good. I think you really just have to worry about Snell and sort of deal with the other guys later. Yeah, with the Indians, um, 
if they won game two, I feel like the Yankees would have actually lost the series. Uh, I feel like they would have lost game three. Who would you have ran out there, Hap? You guys may have lost. You guys are lucky you guys came back in that game too. You guys may have lost the series potentially. potentially. Yeah, and Boone managed it like he had to win that game. So I don't know. Maybe That's you good. are right. Maybe maybe the momentum would have been would have been crushed. But it was smart. Yeah, Boone, he he rolled out Chapman there in a tie game in the eighth inning. Uh, definitely some interesting decisions by him, and it all paid off. So, he, I mean, he was taking guys out of the game. He, he pinched it for Voight in, like, the seventh inning. Uh, it, it was all – he was in it to win it in that game. And, uh, you know, they obviously did, and they're moving on. Yeah, I mean, best of three. You got to play every game like it's your last if you think about it. Like, if you're down game one in a best of three series, that's going to be – it's tough to win the next two. So, you, and also, even if you're up one, you're in the position of winning the series – you can't take your foot off the gas, and that's what the Yankees did. They didn't get relaxed because they don't want—they didn't want to go to a game three, and that's awesome for them. They have to escape rainy Cleveland, and uh, now they're going to San Diego. So they—they uh, they made it out of there, even though they had a pretty terrible start. Why do you keep the saying they're going to San Diego? Because that's where the series is being played. They're not it is? going to Tampa. It's not Tampa Bay. Why? No. <laughs> because this. Is I thought only the. I thought only the ALCS and LCS run neutral sites. No. Oh well. It, anyways, it, only the best of only the best of threes are in the higher seeds ballpark, and then they go to neutral sites to to play the next game, the next series. Okay, that's interesting. So, what do you think of this eighteen playoff format? You saw games all day, sort of like a March Madness type feel. What do you think of sixteen playoff teams? Do you think they should keep that for next year? Well, I I do like the playoffs when there's this many teams i kind of enjoy like it adds a little bit more more drama to the series when you know you get the, you get these best of threes you don't really know who's going to come out on top it, it could really go either way when you think about it but i think for a 162 game season having this many teams make the playoffs in a season that's that long kind of diminishes the significance of the season and while it works for 60 games, and I, I really like it for this year, I, I don't know if it really serves baseball to have more than half the league make it when you're spending you know, your entire season. It's 160, over 160 games, so that's, that's just brutal. I mean, we saw from this, the teams this year, the Yankees, we sort of thought the whole time that amidst all their struggles, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that they were really going to just make the playoffs anyway. They they had a terrible losing streak, and it didn't really matter. We're like, oh, they could just get in with the eight seed. You know, the way that the the divisions line up, they're always going to be second in the division, and they're going to make it no matter what. Like, kind of just doesn't matter uh, when you're looking at regular season games. So, well, I I like it for the purposes of the playoffs only. Uh, it has sort of further implications with the rest of baseball, and I I don't know if it really is the best idea, but. I don't know. I know that the league likes it, and they obviously like the revenue they're getting from from the postseason games. So, I don't know. Maybe it is here to stay. I I don't know how I feel about that, though. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna take the opposite side of the spectrum. I mean, I see all your points. I know Michael K hates how there's eight playoff teams. He he talked about it a lot on his show. But I mean, you're right. It does diminish some of the season, but it also could help the season a little bit. All those small small market teams that are looking outside of the playoff race. They have a chance to get it. I mean, there's eight teams, like the NBA. And honestly, like, A-seed versus one-seed, we don't really care about in the NBA. It's usually, like, a, a free series win for the one-seed in baseball. You never know what can happen. 
teams can get hot at the right time, sort of like a hockey field to it now. And if you're the one seed and you play the eighth seed, I mean, you should probably win. But if you lose, I mean, that's your fault. You lost to a, a worse team. So I kind of like it. I mean, I see why people wouldn't like it, but I think it gives another team a chance and maybe we get more exciting matchups during the season. And also I have I have a proposed proposal to maybe modify it if you don't like the one versus eight seed and making the one seed play those three games. You could just give the first two teams a bye and have the six teams play like the three versus six seed and four versus five best of three. What do you think of that? Do you yep. think giving the first two teams a bye because they earned it during the season will be good? That's not bad. An idea I like more though is just having every team play in the first round and then when you advance to the next round, the highest seed gets to either play the, the lowest remaining seed, whether it's the eighth seed or whatever, or just choose their opponent. I like that idea. I know that's been brought up before. And, uh, really, you know, the Rays, they could they have they had a chance to play the Astros in the second round if, if we were under that format. So I think they would probably pick that. And then that would lead to the most exciting championship series if the better teams do win. You know, we really could have the Rays-Yankees in the ALCS and things like that. So I think allowing the highest seeds to choose their opponent in the, at least in the second round would actually, it would also add drama because, you know, you're choosing to play a team. If the team beats you that you chose to go up against, they really can just, <laughs> they can talk trash to you. Like you wanted to play us and we beat you. So I think that's, that's pretty funny. And, uh, I, you know, I would like to see that. And I don't know, maybe, I don't think this will ever, ever happen just because the TV money and everything that they get, but, shortening the regular season for baseball i think it would serve pretty much everybody the fans we don't have to watch you know as many games most baseball fans get fatigued after about 100 or so games that they're like okay let's just move on and especially if we have a 16 team playoff the 100 game fatigue and everything is going to get amplified by a lot because you basically are going to know the playoff picture by then you really don't think that these teams who are near the tops of their division are just going to fall apart you know, going into the second half of the year, if unless they really are like in a competitive division, so I think shortening the season and keeping the sixteen-team playoff wouldn't be a bad idea. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I think they really like this sixteen-team uh, format. I think they might keep it next year, and they also talked about how they're going to keep the DH in both leagues next year. I do like that. Yeah, thank good God. News, good news for the Mets; they got a DH, but bad news—they didn't make the playoffs this year with eight teams, unfortunately. So. Yeah, that's tough. But I also, I kind of don't like how you can choose your point. Like, I feel like it's artificial. Like, I don't know. Like, it should just be. No, like, I, don't know. I like that. That's fun. I mean, it's it'd be funny if it was in the NBA. I feel like it would serve more of a purpose than. Well, the know. NBA, the greatest soap opera. You know, the the drama for that would be even better. I think, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think choosing choosing your opponent gives you an incentive to to be a top seed because. We've been seeing it's you're right. It's more like hockey where in a best of three, it can kind of go either way. So if you make it out of the first round and you get to be a, a one seed or whatever, choosing your opponent, I think is a good idea. Yeah. And some other news or not some other baseball uh, news around the league. I mean, the Braves, Trevor Bauer was magnificent in game one. He had 12 strikeouts in seven innings, but he lost. I mean, the Reds really, well, I think they scored. Did they even score a run in either game? I think they lost 5 nothing in game two. I don't even know if they scored a run the entire series, so that's unfortunate. We like the Reds this year. But um, offense looks like it to be their concern because they sort of wasted Bauer and Castillo's starts. Yeah, they did not score a run in either of the games. They, went to, they lost in the first game 
I think it was the first game. They lost one nothing in the 13th inning, and they had the bases loaded in the 11th, and they had the bases loaded in the 13th, and did not score. I think in the I think in the 11th they had two outs, but in the 13th they had no outs with the bases loaded, and they did not get a single run. So that is obviously embarrassing, and uh, they lost, so they suck. Yeah, and the Padres. I thought they were dead last night. They're down one of the Cardinals in the series, but they came back. Tatis had two home runs. Machado homered. Their stars sort of woke up. And now it's do or die game three. I would like to see the Padres win. I mean, the Cardinals are challenging them. The winner of this series faces the Dodgers, and that's going to be a tough series no matter what if you're whoever comes out of that series. But if the Padres lose, Unfortunately, the White Sox already lost to the A's. Sort of the, the hyped-up young teams both go out in early exits. It's unfortunate for us baseball fans because I really wanted to see the White Sox do well, and you want to see the Padres do well. So our teams could be gone uh, instantly here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, really, I do want to see Padres-Dodgers. That is an exciting series. I think most baseball fans want that. So, you know, hopefully we get it. I don't know who's going to pitch this game for San Diego because Mike Clevenger is injured. So I don't know who's going to roll year. out there. And the Marlins, they're actually up 1-0. They won game one. They are negative. They have a negative record, and they're in the playoffs. So they're, uh, what they set? they're the sixth seed, actually. They ended up being the sixth seed. Game two got rained out, but game three, or game two, actually, is Saturday. It's going to be Saturday night. And the Marlins, they the winner. If the Marlins win this series, they would face the Braves, a familiar NLE's foe, and they could probably challenge them. I, it'd be funny if the Marlins beat the Braves and made it to the NLCS. Fun fact: Will the Marlins have never ever lost a playoff series in their franchise history? They're two really? for two. They were a wild card team in 1997. They beat the Indians. Um, I remember that was an AQG question that you got wrong. You didn't know yes. they played the Indians or who won that year. It was an NL team. Anyways, they they beat your Yankees in 03. They made the playoffs and did that. So they made the playoffs twice and won the championship both times. Does that mean they're going to go all the way this year? They definitely have the magic, and I definitely did not know that they hadn't lost. So that's that's kind of funny. Hopefully they can keep winning. Yeah, I hope they beat the Cubs. I mean, I thought the Marlins were going to be one of the worst teams this year. I thought they were going to be a meme, but... They're proving us wrong. They might actually be a Cubs, like a, a competent playoff team. They might actually beat them in the first round. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Let's now move on to the NFL Week 4. We're going to preview all the games. We're going to give you our fantasy features and flops of the week. We'll also pick our locks, everything we do on the Friday show. So, Noah, we'll lead off with uh, your favorite team, the Seahawks going at the Dolphins. This should be another easy game for Russell Wilson to just blow up a pretty bad defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how the spread's only 6.5. I feel like it should be a 10, but it is Miami and... I don't know. Maybe they don't think they're going to score as many points, but it's a pretty easy game. The Seahawks should win, start 4-0. Fitzpatrick is playing in this game for the Dolphins, so maybe he'll, he'll maybe, maybe it'll be a potential shootout. Maybe if Fitzmagic is happening, Devontae Parker and Gusecki will have good games, but I mean, the Seahawks should just walk into Miami and, and blow the doors off them. 
Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins have been competitive and they've been scoring a lot of points. And the Seahawks, they certainly uh, know how to give up a lot of points. So uh, it probably will, will be pretty high scoring. But yeah, I, I don't expect uh, Wilson to lose this game against Fitzpatrick. All right, what about the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Washington football team? The Ravens are favored by 13 and a half points in Washington. I hope the football team wins, but they're not. I mean, I think they can cover 13 and a half because that's a big number. I mean, Baltimore, I, I mean, Lamar. We, I mean, we, were, we saw the Jets that's true. by. Or but the football team isn't that bad. They're at home at yeah, least. They might be. They're playing. I mean, I don't know. A better, they, I mean, the Ravens are better than the Colts, so that's I think they're going to be mad too. They're, Lamar had a bad game on Lamar Monday looked like a running He's back. He's going to be out there to just smack the, the football team. Lamar looked like a running back on that Monday night game. I don't even know if he had 100 pass yards. So he didn't. Yeah, he, he better hope to do well in this game. Or that's going to be bad if they lose two straight. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers, your dad's favorite team, shout out to him. They're 3-0 and and they're ahead of Baltimore. And if the Ravens f- lose to the football team somehow, they're 2-2. Two and two. They're sort of down two games to the Steelers already this early into the season. Yeah, and uh, you know we should talk about that actually. The Steelers and Titans not playing this week because uh, the Titans this is the NFL's first run in with COVID nineteen. So they now have seven players on their team or in their staff or whatever to test positive. So that is the first problem being presented to football. We saw how baseball handled it. They basically just took the time off. They they had enough days to make up. You can do double headers in baseball to uh, to sort of catch up your team, but. Football, they're just basically going to have to punt and, and take a bye week and hope that either this doesn't happen again or it doesn't happen to more teams. I actually think it probably would have been better if like two teams had this happen to them at the same time because then you could just match up the, the teams that they were facing and then just give those the COVID teams a bye. But I guess with one team, it kind of makes things uneven and, and sort of ruins any you know shuffling that they can do. They just gave the Steelers and Titans a bye week this week. So... I have no idea how it's going to affect them and the other teams in the league going down uh, the season further. I think they're going to try to shift some of their bye weeks to Titans and Steelers. I don't know. They might, I mean, they could play on Tuesday, but they might reschedule it later in the season. I think they're going to play it eventually, but it's just going to be, we don't know when exactly. So, yeah, they did reschedule. There, there's too many new tests uh, for the Titans to actually really? have it yeah. play on Tuesday. So, it is canceled for the week at least. Yeah, unfortunate for Derrick Henry owners and any Pittsburgh Steelers owners for fantasy. All right, well, Chargers and the Bucks. Um, Bucks are seven point favorites. Tampa Bay, it's at home. I'm surprised you wrote down our doc here. You think the Chargers are going to win this game? So sell me on them. I do. I, I think they've played well enough uh, over their past couple of games. Herbert has performed decently. And he really knows how to use his weapons. Eckler has been great with him. Keenan Allen has been great with him. Uh, their offense sort of clicks and operates more, you know, traditionally with Herbert uh, under center. So I, I do think he could actually, you know, perform well against the Bucks. We saw the the Bucks defense play well against the Broncos in Denver last week, but that was uh, Driscoll who got ended up getting benched uh, this week for for Rippin or whatever. So. I don't know. I just I kind of have this confidence in the Chargers just because the Buccaneers' offense as well. You know, they're down Leonard Fournette in this game. They're down Chris Godwin in this game. Mike Evans has not played well. Scotty Miller having some injury problems. So I think the Chargers' defense can 
can do enough to Brady to sort of impact him and prevent him from winning. And maybe the Bucs just don't have enough weapons on offense to really allow them to win. So I don't know, they're favored by seven in this game. It is a big spread, uh, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going to take a chance on the Chargers. I didn't pick them as my lock, so not much on the line. This is sort of just my thinking, but I do think they have a chance to take down the Bucs in this game. I like your points. Um, I, I, when I saw a spread of seven and Gob went out and Fournette's not going to play, I feel like they're sort of overrating the Bucs here. I know it is at home, but there's no fans. But the Chargers, they've been a much better offensive team since Herbert. This is not the Tyrod Taylor Chargers. Their defense is good. I mean, they played really well against Mahomes. And the Panthers, although they lost the Chargers, the Panthers didn't even score a touchdown in that game, I'm pretty sure. Or I think they did one, but the rest were all field goals. So, I mean, if you think the Char- – and the Chargers – I don't think Brady's going to have that good of a game. Goblin's not there. Yeah, I could definitely see the Chargers upsetting them. That'd be, a, that'd be a good game for the Chargers to win going into Tampa Bay. Did I convince you or are you gonna, still going to pick the Bucks? Um, you convinced me. I think I'm leaning towards the Chargers now. All right. Because I don't, Brady, I mean, the pass rush, his offensive line is still not that great. And pass rush with Bosa and Ingram, the Chargers D is elite. They're going to get to him. And without Godwin, that's a huge loss on offense for what, for what the Buccaneers want to do. So, yeah, I can see the Chargers winning this game. They're not one of my locks of the week either. It's too risky. I mean, it could go either way. But, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. Let's go Chargers. The San Diego Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about uh, the Browns visiting the Cowboys, who they're going to have fans of this game again, 20,000. Uh, the Browns are going to have to face that. So I, I am picking the Cowboys to win this game. I, I just think that, you know, in front of fans, they, they have a dynamic offense, as we know. It's probably going to be high scoring, but I just I don't have as much confidence in the I know you have more confidence in the Browns than I do. I do in this game, too. I think this is a game the Cowboys are supposed to win, but they're going to lose. They're at home, coming off a sort of an offensive explosion in Seattle, although they lost. I don't know. The Cowboys just always let people down in these spots. Like, they're favored by four and a half at home. They have fans. I don't know. I can see the Browns somehow winning this game. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be another shootout. I don't know. I mean, Dak's a better quarterback than Baker, but... Just the Cowboys, I don't know, they're the Cowboys are the letdown factor. They were they've been down like two touchdowns and literally like they've been down a lot of points early in games and they've been having to cr- crawl back. And Browns D isn't that bad. I mean, they can get to the quarterback with Miles Garrett. And I don't know. Cowboys clearly cannot cover wide receivers last week, and the Browns have Odell and Jarvis, and they have Kareem Hunt receiving out of the backfield. I don't know. I mean I think the Browns can pull off the upset here in Dallas. It is worth noting, I think, that uh, both Beckham and Hunt are, are limited in practice as of, as of at least yesterday. So if those guys are unable to go or they're sort of limited uh, in this game, you know, that's obviously going to be a problem for Cleveland. I just think the Cowboys, they're going to give up a lot of points, but they just score too rapidly for a team like the Browns. Uh, I know the Stefanski offense, they are going to be methodical. Nick Chubb, if Hunt is not around, you're going to be lucky. He's going to get a lot of handoffs in this game. So, I don't know. I just don't know if the Browns can really keep up with the Cowboys scoring. It's probably going to be uh, a lot of scoring in this game, but I think the Cowboys are going to be able to do more of it. Yeah, this is a this is a really tough game to pick, but I'm going to lean towards the Browns. I think they can pull off the upset and start the 3-1. 
that'd be great for the Browns and Baker to answer some of those questions if he's actually good or not. If he has a great game, that's going to answer some of them. All right, how about another 1 p.m. game? The Saints at the Lions. Well, the Lions with a miraculous win over the Cardinals. Not many people picked them to win last week. Galladay came back and scored a touchdown. And Stafford outplayed Kyler Murray. I mean, they got three picks. We talked about Kuda got a pick on Kyler, the rookie cornerback. And then they're now they're hosting the Saints, who coming coming off of another loss, actually, back-to-back losses. They got lit up by Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard on that Sunday night game. They lost, they lost in Las Vegas to the Raiders in their new Death Star. The Saints are going to be mad. They're getting back Michael Thomas for this game. Although Breeze played well last game, is he actually is he going to do this consistently? Can he actually throw downfield? I mean, is he is he more washed than Tampa Bay? I don't think he's more washed than Tampa. I think getting Michael Thomas back here is going to be obviously really important. The Lions have not been good against the pass this year. DeAndre Hopkins had ten catches for over 130 yards last week. He basically was open on every play. I, I was looking at that game on red zone a lot, and Kyler could have thrown it to him every time, but instead he made some bad decisions that ended up costing them the game. So I don't think Breeze is going to make those poor decisions like Kyler. And their Saints are only favored by four and a half here in Detroit. I think they win by more than that. I might pick them as my lock here. I just, I think with Michael Thomas back and the Saints defense, it hasn't been great, but I think it can get on track here against Detroit. So, yeah, I, I really like the Saints in this game a lot. I don't think the Lions can win. Yeah, and the Lions' run D is really bad. I mean... We got killed by Aaron Jones. Kenyon Drake had a decent game last week. Alvin Kamara looked like the best running back in football last Sunday night against the Packers. He had like 140 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Best receiver in football, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, he also had a good running game, but him and Latavius Murray are probably going to kill this line's D-line. And yeah, the Saints were one of my locks of the week, four and a half. I think they killed the line. They're going to be mad. They lost two straight games, and they're going to win this game easily, I think. Moving on to the Colts and the Bears. In Chicago, the 3-0 Bears tied with the Packers ahead of the NFC North. The Colts are 2-1, reeling off two straight wins since their loss to Minshew and the Jags in Week 1. This is in Chicago. Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know who's going to win this game. This game seems like a toss-up to me. I mean, Nick Foles is going to be playing. Trubisky looked bad, and Foles came in and saved his bacon last week. Can Foles repeat performance? Can the Bears win this game in Chicago? This is definitely going to be a competitive game. Um, but I think it just comes down to the Colts' defense has looked elite to start the season. I think that Nick Foles is just destined to make some mistakes in this game against a defense like this. So I don't know. I think maybe the, the Bears' defense looks better with, with Foles. Uh, Allen Robinson might get some boost in this game. Montgomery could look good. but. The Colts' defense has been has been great through the first three weeks. I don't think the Bears escape without at least one or two Foles turnovers, so I'm picking the Colts on the road. Yeah, I think the Bears are going to lose their first game here. Now, I think the Colts are gonna, should win this game. Their defense is better, and their offense potentially is better. I mean, Bears got to lose eventually. I, I, it's been running. They've been getting too lucky the last couple weeks. It's going to come crashing down. I think the Colts are going to win by like a touchdown here. They're the more disciplined. They're the better football team in my eyes. Yeah, Bears are definitely the most fraudulent 3-0 team. Their, their wins have been, you know, very lucky. Yeah. It's all going to come crashing down this week. All right. Kyler, how about another game? Kyler Murray 
Going into Carolina, the Panthers won last week. Surprisingly, they won in L.A. against the Chargers. Kyler failed against the Lions through three picks. Cardinals are three-point favorites. It's at 1 p.m. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game pretty easily. I mean, the Panthers' offense has shown us they can put up points even without McCaffrey. But I don't know. I think Kyler's going to play much better, and I don't see how the Panthers – like, they're one of the worst defensive teams in football – I don't see how they stop Drake and Hopkins and Kyler. I think the, the Cardinals roll here and redeem themselves from last week and go 3-1 and one to start the season. I agree with you. I think the only reason why the Cardinals lost last week was because of Kyler Murray's poor decision-making. And in this game, you're going up against the Panthers' defense, which is even worse than Detroit. So, yeah, I, I expect Drake to do very well. I expect Hopkins to be great. I think Kyler is going to dominate this defense, and the Cardinals' defense hasn't even looked bad to start the year. I thought it would be worse than it no. has been. So, uh, as you mentioned before, the Panthers only had that one touchdown last week. So, I don't know how the Panthers' offense really get thing, gets things done. I don't think they can score as much as Arizona. So, yeah, I like the Cardinals easily here also. Yeah, Cardinals should win. Next game is an important one for you, Will. The Vikings... Visiting Houston at 1 p.m., the battle of 0-3 teams, the Houston Texans are four-point favorites. There was concerns that this game might not even play. What Wasn't there concerns that they weren't going to play it before? Well, the Vikings played the Titans last week, obviously, yeah. and they thought that the Vikings could test positive, but nobody on their team did, so it is going to be fine. Yeah, I, I'm glad because I have Will Fuller, and I think he's going to dust this, these Vikings corners. I think the Texans win this game. Sorry, I think the Vikings are going to start 0-4. I can't trust them anymore. I picked them to beat the Titans last week, and they failed me. So now they're going into Houston. They're playing against Deshaun Watson, a good a good quarterback. And I think, I mean, whoever the, is the more urgent team is going to win this game. I think the Texans are going to win this game. I think they're a more urgent, urgent team. Well, I am picking the Vikings to win, and that's probably more of just because I'm rooting for them than I actually am <laughs> using logic. But... I mean, we've been talking about the brutal schedule for the Texans, you know, since the start of the year. And this is supposed to be, their, you know, their fourth really tough game against a playoff team in a row. So uh, I think that the Vikings, they they should have a little bit of a, of a bounce back game here. They only lost last week by one. So, I mean, if you really think about it, if you really look into the games that the Vikings have played, they could easily be two and one going into this game. The, the game against Green Bay... It was horrendous on defense, but they put up enough points to really be competitive at least. Uh, and, you know, if they they got some sort of defensive playmaking happening in that game, they could have won. The game last week against Tennessee is really disappointing just because their offense could not get anything done on uh, in a game-winning drive with two minutes left. These are things that the Vikings have been able to be good at over the past couple of years, and their blocking was the, the worst it's, it has been for the, for that entire game. It was in the most important drive, and they just could not get a field goal with a minute 45 left. That's something they need to be able to do if they're going to be a competitive team. So I think both of those games could have went the other way. The Texans, they've played great teams on the other hand. So going into a game against the Vikings, uh, this is a team that they think they can beat. So Yeah, I do too. Really, I think it's going to be a really could be for them. It could be either one. I'm going to pick the Vikings because I'm rooting for them. But if the Texans win, then they win. That's just how it is. I think it's going to be a close game. I could see Houston as the better quarterback. I think they're going to get things done. I think Watson's going to play great. 
He finally gets an easy matchup. The Vikings secondary has its issues. Expect Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks to have good days. Will Fuller uh, did not practice yesterday, by the way. So, good luck. I think he'll play. Next game, a interesting matchup. Two bad teams. The Jags at the Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern. The Bengals are three-point favorites. Joe Burrow has never not covered in a game this year. And I like the Bengals to win big here. They're at home. The Jags got blown out last week to the Dolphins. They sort of came back down to earth their offense. And the Bengals' offense, we've seen nothing from cons- nothing but consistency from Joe Burrow in this offense. And I think Nixon's going to have a good day, too. I think the whole offense is going to be clicking. And I don't see how the Jags stopped Tyler Boy and A.J. Green. Burrow, this offense is legit good. And Burrow's going to win his first NFL game in week four. I think it's going to happen after tying last week. Well, it's a cap battle in this game. Jags at the Bengals. And... I'm agreeing with you. I think the Bengals and Burrow are going to be able to get it done just because they are pretty. They are the better team in this game, I think. They have the better weapons. Burrow is a better quarterback than Minshew. Uh, the defenses, both of them are pretty suspect, but I do like the Bengals a little bit more. And when we look at the way these teams have lost over their, their past couple of weeks, the Bengals have been much more competitive than the Jags have been. So I am going to say that. Burrow, they they tied last week uh, against Philadelphia. They're at home. Uh, I think they have fans at their games, right, in Cincinnati. So I don't know. That might actually benefit them uh, a little bit. So I'm going to say that the Bengals win uh, as well. I agree. Yeah, this is their offense is consistently good. They're going to get things done here. How about the Giants at the Rams, 4 p.m. Eastern? The Rams are 12.5-point favorites. The Giants and the Jets, two of the wor- they're the two worst teams in the league. Giants put up nine points on the 49ers B team. Now they're traveling out west to face the Rams. Ugh. I don't even know what to say about this game. The Rams are going to destroy them. I don't got much to say. Yeah, I almost picked this game as, as a lock going with the bet against the New York strategy, but 12.5 is even bigger than the 10.5 uh, that the Colts had on the Jets last week. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just I stayed away from it, but I agree. I just. Don't see how the Giants score any points against the Rams defense. They've Giants, how much have they put up this year? Like like less than 40 for the year? Yeah, they, they put up 38 total points in three weeks. That yeah, is that's awful. That's obviously disgusting. So Rams should route them in this game. No question. Yeah, it's going to be a rough. Giants are going to start all for just like the Jets. An interesting matchup during the 4 p.m. window. 425 Eastern. Patriots at the Chiefs. It's sort of not as hype as it was in previous years hearing that matchup. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the Patriots can reel off an upset win in Arrowhead? Chiefs are favored by six and a half, by the way. Yeah, Chiefs looked phenomenal in their game against the Ravens. Their, even their defense was, you know, performing very well. Uh, you're right. It's not as exciting as it, as it has been. I think the Chiefs do win this game. Maybe it'll be competitive. The, the Pats were competitive against the Seahawks but the Chiefs defense might be better than the Seahawks defense as weird as that I is hope to not. say so they probably are better uh, to just to be honest but I do think that the Chiefs either easily come come down with this win it, yeah, it could the be Chiefs... it could be competitive but I just don't see how if, if Lamar can't do anything against their defense then Cam is going to struggle a little bit yeah and, and the Chiefs um, they have fans at this game it's an arrowhead if it was on Foxborough, I think it'd be a different story, but the Chiefs should easily win here. They're 4-0. I mean, 
They beat the Patriots last year in Foxborough, and they're better. And the Patriots got worse from that team last year with Brady. So, yeah, Chiefs should win pretty easily. The Pats, that means they would be 2-2 two and two through four games. I mean, not looking that good. I mean, a lot some people thought they would win the division, and Cam was sort of the new shiny toy, but they lose this game, they're 2-2. Two and two. It's, it's just their average. They're an average football team. Well, That's why I thought coming they into lose? the year. They lost, they lost to Seattle in Seattle, and they would lose to the Chiefs. So, I mean, how bad is that? I mean, it's not that bad, but I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what happens when they face the Bills. That's really the, the telling of yeah. what their season's going to be like. Yeah, you're right, but losing to the, the two best teams in football is not uh, exactly like the worst thing to have happen to you. That's true, yeah. For another 425 game, the Bills going to the Death Star to take on the Raiders. <laughs> Bills are three-point favorites. I'm surprised this line isn't higher than three, but I get it because the Raiders have fans in their... Are they no, fans? I, they might this week, but they have not so far. Yeah, they're on the road. Buffalo's got to go out west. I mean, MVP Josh Allen, he's second in the running, I'd say, behind Russell Wilson. So, I mean, the Bills are better, so much better on both sides of the ball. I don't see how the Bills, uh, I don't see how they would not win this game. It should be pretty easy for them to score points and defend their car. Their car is not impressive. And the Raiders looked awful last week against the Patriots. Yeah, the Raiders are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And when you look at a team like the Bills, who can just dominate you through the air, obviously, and then Josh Allen on the ground, uh, even and the running backs. I mean, Singletary uh, looked good last week as well. So I, I don't see how the Bills don't put up you know an insane amount of points and just blow out uh, the Raiders, even on the road. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't see how the Raiders win this game. It's going to be pretty easy for the Bills. Now the Sunday night game, the Eagles at the 49ers. 49ers are seven-point favorites with Mullins and the B team. It was funny. I saw an ad for the um, Sunday night game. on a com- I think it was a commercial for TV. It was an NBC ad. And they had Nick Mullins as the cover of that Sunday night game. They were promoting <laughs> it with Nick Mullins and not Carson Wentz. I mean, rightfully so. Carson Wentz hasn't won a game. I mean, this should be a must. This is a must-win game, but I can't even trust them anymore. They tied with the Bengals. They couldn't score points on the Bengals' defense. So how are they going to go out west and beat the 49ers? Shanahan is going to curb stomp this team. He knows the Eagles are not that good, and the 49ers are seven-point favorites. I was thinking of putting this as the lot one of my locks of the week, but I didn't. I just found better games, but I really like the 49ers. I think they should destroy this Eagles team by more than ten points. I don't see how the Eagles put on the points. Like, how how do they do it on the road? They couldn't even do it at home against the Bengals. Well, how do they do it in this game? Well, the answer is they do not. And Carson Wentz, his weapons have been limited all year. They're going to be limited in this game too. He's going to have Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is questionable even going to this game. And Greg Ward, that's going to be all he has going into a game against the 49ers team who I know is banged up on the defensive side especially, but... Uh, they're still a better team than Philadelphia all around. And once he he had how many turn what how many turnovers two or whatever against he threw two picks against the Bengals a Cincinnati defense at home. So now you're going on the road to face Shanahan and his you know great team. Uh, the Niners are here by seven. Uh, there's a chance that they win by you know four or three or whatever. But I do think the Niners are going to easily win. Yeah. 
All right, and that's going to bring us to our, the Monday night football game. Falcons and the Packers, high-octane offenses in this game going at each other. Uh, the Packers are favored by a full touchdown, seven. And that's no surprise, being that the Falcons have had both their previous games you know, easily in their grasp, and they just let it slip away. They had uh, you know, well over 20-point leads in, in both of the games against Dallas and against Chicago, and they just could not close it out against Nick Foles. We had the Nick Foles magic last game. So they're coming into a game in Lambeau. It could be cold on Monday, and I don't know what the weather's going to be, but the Falcons are not going to have a big lead to blow in this game. But does that give them an advantage? If it's back and forth, does it actually help <laughs> them to be more competitive? Wow. Do you think they're going to win the game? No, I, I don't. I think the Packers are, are going to are going to win. I think the Packers are going to win too, but... I have a feeling this is going to be Julio's coming out party. It's going to happen eventually. He hasn't done anything the first three, re- three weeks. Ridley's looked like number one. I think Julio's going to go for like 130 yards and two touchdowns. I think Matt Ryan is going to chuck it to him a bunch in this game, especially if they're down a lot. I think Julio's going to be a good game, and that could propel him to the win, but I, I, I don't, I, I, they can't get stopped, so I can't believe in this team enough. But I think Julio's going to have a great game. It's going to be a great shootout. I have Ridley in fantasy. That's good for me. I think the Packers are going to win. They're favored by seven. I think it'd be closer than that. I think they, they'll win by less than seven. You know, I'll, I'll say the Falcons cover this game, but they do end up losing. Ridley uh, not practicing yesterday. So does, does that really again, matter, though? Again, good luck. Yeah, Julio, he could dominate, especially if Ridley's not there. So I mean, I was saying Julio's going to dominate with Ridley there playing. So Well, it will help him if he doesn't show up. I think he's yeah, going to get a long... I think he's, I'm, I have a prediction that Julio's going to get a long touchdown this game, like 50 yards or something. Well, he dropped the last one he, he could have caught. So Yeah, he's going to redeem himself That's this week. Good. A must-win game to keep Dan Quinn's job secure and the Falcons season's a lot, Falcons season alive. So. All right, well, we gave you our predictions for every game in week four. Now we're going to go through our locks of the week. These are games that we think are going to easily cover the spread. Uh, going into their games. So, Noah, you can start off with uh, your three teams. Can I pass it back to you, actually? You're the hot hand. You deserve to go first. You went 3-0 you know last you're week. Right. Congratulations. I'm pat myself on the back. I swept you the week redeemed yourself. Week. Still behind me in the standings, but we'll yes. see if you can go I back 3-0 another, back-to-back weeks. I need another perfect week to catch up to you, so hopefully I can get it. Uh, my first game I'm going with is the Saints at the Lions. We touched on it before. Uh, Saints only favored by 4.5 on the road. They are just going to be too dynamic with Michael Thomas coming back. The Lions defense cannot cover both Kamara and Thomas and everything that the Saints present. And their defense, although it may have been a little bit overrated going into you know, uh, their last couple of games, uh, I think it can have a bounce back game uh, against Stafford and the Lions. They don't have a very good backfield. They pretty much only have Galladay and uh, a couple other players. So I like the Saints here by more than four and a half. Uh, my next game is going to be the Bills at the Raiders. They are only favored by three. I think the Bills can probably smack this team around. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by 10 or more. So that's pretty much self-explanatory. The Raiders have a pretty bad defense. So I think Josh Allen is going to dominate in this game. And then for my third game, I'm going with uh, the Colts visiting the Bears. They are favored by two and a half. They don't have to win a blowout game. They just have to win by a field goal. And... uh the Bears, they are not going to be able to get very much done against this Colts defense, I think. I explained it before. So I'm going with the Colts by at least a field goal. 
So those are my three games, the Colts, the Saints, and the Bills. Those are all great picks. Um, my third pick is going to be the Cardinals minus three against the Panthers. It's a bounce back spot for, for them. They're, they're definitely going to put up more points in this Carolina team. I think they win, and three points really isn't nothing. Just got one by more than a field goal, and I think they can easily do that against the Carolina Panthers. My second pick is the Saints, just like you, four and a half. We landed on that. I think they're going to – this is another bounce back week for them. I think they're going to do great. I think they're going to easily beat the Lions and outscore them. And my number one game of the week is the Bengals minus three against the Jags. I mean, a battle of shitty teams. Maybe people will be afraid to bet this game, but I'm going with the Bengals. Joe Burrow's covered in every game, and he's at home. His offensive weapons are healthy. A lot of good things are setting up for him, this Bengals team. The Jags are coming off of a blowout loss. I think the Bengals win this game easily. I mean, it's only three points. I mean, he just got to win by more than a field goal, just like I was talking about with the Cardinals. I mean, he could easily win by 10 points here, I think, at home for his first NFL win. So I'm banking on that. All right, well, that's an important game. If, if that doesn't hit and I get all my picks right, uh, I'm going to be closing the gap on you. Yeah, we head well, I could go season. two for three. But, yeah, I, I believe in the Bengals this week heavy. They're not going to be favored in right. many games. So, and when they are, they're going to win. So. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. All right. Now we're going to close out the show with our fantasy features and flops. I went first on the lock, so you can give us your feature first. Going to the Browns game down in Dallas is going to be Jarvis Landry. He hasn't done that much this season, and we saw the Cowboys just infinite holding calls on their defensive backs. They had a rookie try to guard Metcalf. They had a George. Jordan Lewis is not good either. Their other cornerback. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a day for Jarvis and Odell to feast. I think Jarvis he's gonna be running most of his rats out of the slot. And who the hell knows who the Cowboys slot corner is? He's not good, anyways. Whoever he is, but Jarvis, I think he's gonna have over 100 yards, maybe in a touchdown this game. It's gonna be a high scoring game. You expect Baker to be throwing a lot. So yeah, I think Jarvis is gonna be my he's my feature of the week. I think he's gonna have his best game of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, that game should be, uh, you know, very back and forth, very high scoring. So, you know, taking pretty much anybody in that game might be a good decision. So I like that pick by you. Uh, For me, I'm going with an L.A. Rams player. I'm picking Daryl Henderson to be my feature of the week. Uh, He had a great week last week. He had 20 carries for, you know, nearly 115 yards against the Bills defense. So that is definitely a positive game for him. And uh, he's going up against the Giants, who have just been horrendous this year uh, on defense especially. So I really like Henderson here. His backfield is banged up. Cam Akers might not play. And if he does, he pretty much has lost his spot in that rotation. And Malcolm Brown looked pretty bad last week while Henderson shined. So I think Henderson established himself in that backfield last week against a good defense. And uh, he is just going to continue to to cook. Uh, in a game against a much worse team, and, and this game is going to be a blowout. So if they're up by, by 15, 20 points, they're just going to be handing it off to him every time. So I, I like Henderson's chances here. Yeah, we thought, be, we thought Brown was the guy at the start of the season. Now it's shifted to Henderson, but Harrison was supposed to be the guy, if you think about it, coming into the year. He was a third-round pick last season. He didn't play that much because they had Gurley still and stuff. They drafted Cam Akers in the second round. Everyone thought, woo, second-round running back. The Rams are going to use him. But no, it wasn't Cam Akers. It was Malcolm Brown the first couple of weeks. And now it's shifted to Henderson. 
So I don't know. Is it? I mean, Henderson. I think he's the best running back out of the three. But I mean, this this is his job. He shouldn't lose this job again if he keeps playing like he did last week. So yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, especially against the Giants, he has a chance to, to yeah really keep it. They're going to be if, if you think the Rams are going to be up a lot, like the spread indicates twelve and a half. Then yeah, Henderson. They're going to be running out the clock a lot, and Sean McVay loves running the ball in general. So yeah, he's going to he can easily have over hundred yards again. All right, what about your flop? Tom Brady, I agree with Ooh. you on the Chargers. Tom Brady, I don't even think he had 250 yards against the Broncos last week. Granted, they were up a lot, and he probably didn't need to throw that much, but Chargers' secondary is good, and they don't, he doesn't have Godwin. He doesn't have Fournette. This offense isn't going to be that good. I mean, I don't even know that. The Buccaneers definitely, I think they're going to score under 30 points. I could see him putting up like 20 points in this game. He just hasn't looked that good for a couple of weeks. I mean, they're winning games, but their defense has been playing well. But I don't think he's going to have that. He's going to have like 200 yards and like a touchdown, a pick. This is going to be like a below average game. This is going to be a C game for Tom Brady. So he is my flop of the week. I will. My flop, I'm going with, as much as I hate to do it, I'm going to go with a player on the Washington football team. And that's going to be. Oh, you can't talk Harry trash about McLaurin. them on this show. <laughs> All right, well, I'm picking McLaurin just because, uh, well, he first of all, he, he does have a thigh injury, so he has been limited all week in practice. I think he's going to play, so I am going to pick him as my flop. If he doesn't play, then, you know, oh, well, obviously he flops, but that could uh, limit him in the game. He could be on a snap count or whatever the case may be with that, um, and he's, play, he's going up against Baltimore, which obviously has a great secondary. They just uh, paid... Marlon Humphrey, a lot of money. They paid him nearly $100 million over five years. So he is there to shut players like McLaurin down. Uh, This is going to be a pretty one-sided game, I think. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to be able to get things going uh, against the Baltimore defense. And he could end up getting benched. It might be an Alex Smith game, either this game or next game. Really? You think Alex Smith's coming in? Yeah, I think Haskins turns the ball over too much, and I just don't think that Ron Rivera is going to stand for it, especially when Alex Smith is there and available now. So I am going to take the chance on Smith uh, replacing Haskins at some point coming up soon, and I'm going to think that McLaurin does not have a great game against Baltimore. Yeah, Chris, if you're listening, and... Tell your dad McLaurin is probably gonna have a tough game, but don't, but tell him don't sub in Alex Smith. Give Haskins a chance. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how McLaurin gets impacted if Smith does show up because uh, him and Haskins, you know, they're college teammates. They they know each other well. Uh, it's gonna be different if we get Smith in there. So I don't know. Maybe it could be beneficial, but we're just gonna have to find out. Yep, and that's come to the conclusion of our show. Thank you for listening to the Bonfire Scrubs podcast. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating and review. If you're listening on Spotify, you can follow us on there. And we're also on social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. We like tweeting, so please follow us on there. And you can follow us on Instagram at the Bonafide Scrubs. Get content each and every day from the show. So yeah, Will, any last words? Um, I don't know. The Vikings, if they lose, they are going to be the same record as the Jets. So good. That's bad. At least you have your Yankees. I know. Let's go. I don't know. They play like way later in the week. They're like days off now. So it's going to be a while. Peace. See ya.